Hello, everyone, and welcome into FBW Kids episode number five. My name is Lane, and this week I'm not joined by a co-host, which is okay because Kim is on vacation enjoying her time off in Nashville. And so today we thought we'd do something interesting. And as you guys probably know from an episode we had a few weeks ago, we had recently a family conference here called The Gathering. And as a part of The Gathering, some of our friends, Jonathan and Emily Martin from Nashville, who do the Word and Worship, they came and were part of our worship experience, but also led a breakout about the five, or actually the six pillars of family worship. And so we have some audio from their breakout session that we're going to share with you guys today. And so I think it's been super interesting to listen. I learned a lot from listening back to the audio from this, and I think you guys are going to have a ball listening to this. So let's kick things off with this. And that is kind of the perspective of family worship, how we're going to go about thinking about it and how it's more than just singing and doing all those kinds of things. So Jonathan kind of explains here in this first clip a little bit of what I mean by thinking about family worship in a different way with us. Um, Just to continue to give context for what we're talking about um, when we think about family worship and these six pillars of family worship, we, Emily and I are worship leaders. Um, We love leading people in worship. We love singing. Um, I think a lot of us know that, you know, worship isn't just our singing. Um, It isn't just, um, yeah, our musical expressions of worship isn't the entirety of our worship. One of the verses, though, that means a lot to us that we kind of hang our hat on when we think about this and when we think about our lives as worship leaders is Romans 12.1. It's one of our favorite verses. It says this, I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And I I think that verse is just wonderful and beautiful, but I also think it's interesting because it doesn't say what I would have thought initially it would say. Um, When he says, you know, here's what your spiritual worship is, he doesn't say, you know, your singing or um, your musical worship is your spiritual worship. He says the giving of your bodies is your spiritual worship. And I think even just the nerdy part of me thinks it's interesting that, you know, our what we do physically impacts our spiritual lives. Um, That's something that that verse shows us. Um, But as I've read commentaries about what this whole presenting of our bodies means, really what he's saying here is that it's, it's the giving up of our whole lives, our whole lives in God to worship as a living sacrifice, something that we offer to God, that we lay down, um, is what God considers our spiritual worship. And so when we think about family worship, when we, the reason why we have these pillars, um, is it's, again, an attempt to, to really consider and examine our whole family life and what, what does it look like to worship God with our whole family life. Um, okay, and so now going into kind of the main pillars here. So, this, so there's six pillars, like I said. And so this first pillar is singing. And not just, you know, just regular get out the guitar, start singing. Jonathan dives into some ways, and Emily as well chimes in at times, on how singing in the home can be used as a part of family worship. So check it out. Yeah, so our first um, thing that we're trying to be intentional about, that's what we mean by pillar. These are just areas of our family life that we are seeking to be intentional about. Uh, The first one is singing, and you might be thinking, 
Well, of course, because you're singers and you are musicians, and so you're trying to sing. To be honest, we do sing as for a living, but um, we actually, three, four years ago, we did not do a lot of music in our home. We didn't sing a lot in our home. Um, for one, it's what we kind of do for a living, so it's not something that we've thought to do a lot in our home. Um, for two, uh, it's not something we grew up doing. We didn't grow up sitting around a table singing at home, um, and that was kind of awkward to think about doing. left to the professionals, and your dad was a professional. Both of his parents are musicians. My parents were not, but it just was always something like church. You go somewhere else to sing. That's not something you do at home, and if you do it at home, you're listening to the radio. You're listening to the professionals do it, and so even though we are professional singers, it just didn't it just didn't make it into our home because it just wasn't normal for us. And so we've even had to learn um, a certain level of comfort of singing in our homes to God together. Yeah. All throughout God's word, he calls us to be a singing people and to sing to him specifically every day. And what's interesting about Christianity as a whole is that we've always been uniquely marked as being a singing people. Like that's a part of our culture, a part of our heritage as the, the faith of Christianity has always been a singing people. And that's because God calls it, us to it. But to think even deeper about like why we sing and why it's so valuable for us, even in our homes. Um, one of my favorite verses when I think about praising God and singing is Psalm 63, 3, which David says this, and he says, God, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. And I love that verse because it came to life for me in this really weird moment when I was drinking a milkshake. Um, and if y'all like milkshakes or sweets or anything like that. Amen. Um, I tend to share this with kids too to help them understand why we are doing what we're doing when we're singing. Um, and because it makes for a really fun illustration. But um, if you can just imagine, uh, we were at, together as a family. I went up to the counter to order this milkshake and it was a new milkshake I hadn't tried. And I got it, and I have the kids close their eyes, and I say, take a sip, and oh my goodness, this is the best milkshake you have ever tasted. What is one of the first things you do if you try the best milkshake you've ever tasted and you're around your friends and family? One of the first things you do is you're like, "Mm, this is so good, and you exclaim about it. And then if you're a really good person, you say, you've got to try this. I don't do that because I'm not a good person. I say, you've got to go get your own. It is not. It's really good. Go get it. Um, (laughs) But when we do that, we have to ask ourselves, like, why, why do we feel the need to say, oh, my gosh, this milkshake is so good? God has built us and hardwired in us this desire to express about the things that we love and the things we enjoy. And that's why Psalm 63 came to life for me, because that's what David is saying. He saw that God's love was better than life, and so he said, my lips will praise you. Um, If you or I experience something that we really believe is better than life itself, our lips are going to exclaim about that thing as well. We're going to praise that thing as well. And um, I love, C.S. Lewis has some thoughts about praise and about this. He says, you know, we praise things because it's almost like we can't fully enjoy something until we praise it, right? It's almost like the thing we're enjoying we, we just, we can't fully experience it until we praise it. That's why we praise, you know, all, all kinds of things. Our kids that we enjoy or we exp- praise this experience or the things that we love. Um, praise is interwoven into our enjoyment of things. And 
So when we boil that down and we go, okay, that's cool. That's why we sing. That's why singing is a big part of our life as Christians is because we are learning about God, yes, um, but we are learning about God because it's the kind of thing where the more we know him, the more we love him, the more we enjoy him, the more we delight in him. And so um, singing is an expression of that. And so in our homes, we want to sing in our homes because we don't want to just learn about God like mentally um, you know, assenting to him, but we want to enjoy him together. We want to praise him. We want to complete, you know, if we're learning these really cool things about God, how God, big God is and how much he loves us and how much he was willing to die for us and come down and be a baby and experience our life, like these amazing things about God, like we don't want to stop there. We want to be like, oh gosh, like we have to sing about this. Yeah. You know, we need to express it about this together. We need to get up and have a dance party together because this is just really good news and God is really good and big and beautiful and awesome. And so that's really the heart behind singing in general um, as the people of God, but, but also why we want to sing in our homes. And then we go into pillar number two following this, which talks all about praying and how we can pray together as family. So we'll kick it back over to Jonathan and Emily. Our second pillar is that we want to be intentional to pray together as a family. Um, and I think especially, well, really, the dynamic is important, whether it's with kids or with even with our spouse. Um, but prayer, if you think about even the posture that you can think that you re- associate with prayer, you know, the posture is getting on your knees and bowing low to God. And prayer the reason why we think of that posture in prayer is because even if we don't do that is because prayer is a humbling act of dependence on God. It's an acknowledging, hey, you are over me. You are higher than me. Like we need you. We're desperate for you. We're dependent on you. We are looking to you. And that is really important to do in our homes um, because especially with kids, they can oftentimes think that we are these mega heroes who know everything and have everything figured out. And it's good for them to see that mom and dad are also looking to God as our father and we're, we're needing him and we're desperate for him. And um, prayer is not something that we have to be super skilled at or say fancy prayers. Um, God doesn't expect that of us. Like I said earlier, God, all that's required for us to meet with God is just a need for him, a desperation for him, a longing for him. Um, and then he comes with all of the rest. And um, if praying is difficult, which prayer has been difficult for me historically, um, one of the best things that you can learn to do individually or as a family is praying God's word um, back to God. That's been super huge. So for us, we have a, a song, too, that helps us with this. Um, the Lord's Prayer, God gave us a prayer. Jesus gave us a prayer to pray. And it's actually really beautiful. For years, I was like, Okay, the Lord's Prayer. But it's it's wonderful because even just one line of, you know, our Father in heaven, that line, praying that with our kids is saying, God, you are our Father. You're the Father of all of us here. And as our Father, you care for us, you provide for us, you take care of us, and you're in heaven. You're higher and bigger than us. We're here on earth, um, but you are above us and greater than us. And, like, you see already, like, there's all so many amazing things to pray to God and um, to relate on together as a family. And so we just, uh, we want to be intentional about that together um, because we feel 
that it's important for yeah. us to be dependent on God together as a family. And just like we, um, the Gettys say in their book that kids find their singing voices at home. Um, basically, it's just another way of saying what we do at home makes that thing normal and less scary for the people that live with us. Um, we can teach our kids Hey, singing to God is normal. Uh, prayer is the same way. And I think one of the biggest hindrances in family worship in terms of prayer is that we as spouses get insecure in front of one another because a lot of us aren't nor- aren't used to praying out loud and we don't feel like we're good at it. Um, and so, yes, praying God's word back to him um, is such a practical way to be able to learn how to pray together and how that kind of works out in our daily life, like the easiest thing is whatever we've just read in the word, whether we just opened the Bible together as a family or whether we did a family devotion. A lot of times if you have a devotion book, there's like a suggested prayer or bullet points. But if there's not, just responding to what you just read in the word. Um, For example, if it was like Psalm 23, that day you could just thank God for being a good shepherd Um, and, you know, ask him to shepherd your family throughout the day with the things that are coming up. And that's just a great way to just read God's word and then respond to what you read uh, in prayer. Talk to God about how he spoke to you through his word. A book we really, really love and highly recommend is Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. It's very, very small again. He also wrote the family worship book that we really love. And it's just a very practical uh, book on, hey, this is how you can turn God's word into prayers and like maximize your your time in the word and then and not skip prayer, have your time in the word naturally flow into prayer. But also just to kind of solve the problem of feeling like you don't know what to say when it's time to pray. Um, and using God's word as fuel for your prayers um, both to help you know how to talk to God and how to relate to God, uh, but also to feel like there's power in your prayers and you're, you're reminding yourself of the truth as you pray God's word back to him. So we really love that. A Praying Life and Prayer are both just great books on prayer that have really encouraged us in our personal walks with Christ. Um, and then the last thing that I've got there is just a little practical Um, tip that we aren't super great at, but we're actually trying to implement this, is like having a songbook near your table or wherever you're doing family worship, having some prayer cards or a popsicle stick jar that just has maybe different categories of people in your life. Let's pray for our pastor, our church leaders, our neighbors, our teachers, our nation, and each day when it's time for prayer, maybe respond to the word and then have somebody in your family grab a popsicle stick or have different days of the week that you have to do with different groups of people. And then you'll find that you're more naturally, more uh, regularly praying up about different things and different people in your lives. Um, One tip Jen gave us that I thought was so cool was she said there's a family that kept all the Christmas cards they got every year and then they just put them in a box and then would just kind of have a day of the week where they would pick a card out of the box and pray for a family in their life. I thought that was so smart. Um, But I think just with prayer, using the word, and then having some kind of a system um, that just makes it easy to make sure that you're doing that. And then the more you do it, the more normal it becomes. And now we head into pillar number three, which is actually really interesting because it's both learning and reading kind of coupled together. And so I'm going to kind of let Jonathan and Emily explain what they mean by that. So our third pillar uh, is learning. So like I said, with a lot of family worship 
talk out in the world. The three main things are reading, praying, and singing. So we have praying and singing. Um, learn, but we kind of change ours up a little bit, and um, we want to be really intentional about a learning. And within learning to us is being intentional about reading God's word um, on a consistent basis together. But uh, we really like thinking about learning together because really the goal and is to learn about God, um, to open our Bibles, and to let God tell us who he is. Uh, like we said earlier, um, I think one of the big fears with something like family worship is that we have to be experts or we have to know everything about God, um, but we don't. As parents, we can be learning right along with our kids. We've been helped because uh, we do homeschool. It's just been a necessity. We weren't necessarily planning on doing homeschool. We were both public school kids, um, but with what we do in travel, we ended up doing homeschool. We were nervous about it because we were like, Who, how are we going to teach our kids science? I don't know about science. Um, but one of the things that, that they talk a lot about in homeschool uh, communities and culture is this idea of co-learning. Like you don't, you don't need to be an expert on things. You just need to be willing to learn alongside with your kids. And that has been really helpful for us, uh, in kind of making us less afraid. Um, and it's been helpful for us in thinking about family worship and in thinking about learning together and reading God's word together. We don't have to be the experts at this. We just want to learn about God right along with our kids. Um, I don't I need to. I would love to, to say with that really quickly is just that I tend to be the personality that I feel like I have to like research everything and have like this master plan before I start. But embracing co-learning has been so helpful for me to go, hey, we can just start. If I'm just learning alongside my kids, I don't have to have 100 verses of scripture memorized before I start family worship with my kids. I don't have, I can just start today and we can build every day together and enjoy the process. Yeah, and, and really it's for us, we want to have our, teach our kids to have a spirit of wanting to learn. Um, and so um, not just we're reading the Bible because that's what we do today, but really trying to create a culture of wanting to seek the Lord, wanting to learn about him, and um, not even just in his word, but, you know, the Bible tells us that God is, the truth about God are evident all around us, um, in the world around us. So as we learn about the world around us, as we um, learn about how things tick, how we tick, um, God is in all of that, kind of helping our kids have a worldview that includes God, because I think my natural tendency something I see in my kids in sin is that, yes, we, apart from God, we naturally are resistant to God, right? Uh, we are stubborn, we're rebellious, but one of the ways that that comes out is just by us living in a world where God is irrelevant, where we can just ignore him and live in this world as if he doesn't exist. And I know I see in my kids, like, they're happy to live in a world where God is irrelevant, where they they don't see him in everything. And so part of my job, I think as a Christian, um, but especially too as a Christian parent, is to help make the real Jesus non-ignorable. It's one of the mantras at our church. As, as Christian people, we, we want the real Jesus in our city to be non-ignorable, to kind of break through people's like lives that live as if God is irrelevant and helping them see that he isn't, that he is very involved in our everyday lives. And so that's what I want for my kids as well. And I want, I want to train them and teach them to, to be learners even after they leave my home. Um, and so that's why we try to be really 
intentional about the pillar of learning. And something that we said earlier um, in our last breakout is in embracing questions and in being learners, uh, there's a, a lot of times when we don't know the answer to the questions that our kids ask because we're learning with them. Just a, a couple weeks ago, Judah asked us during family worship time, why did God make Satan? If God knows everything and he knew what Satan was going to do, why did he even make him? That is a good <laughs> like, question. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that was a great opportunity for us to be like, you know, this is what I think maybe from what we see in the word could be, but I really have no idea. Why don't we go talk to Pastor John this Sunday and see what he says? And it was a good opportunity for us to then go to Pastor John together at our church. And he, obviously he didn't have like the answer because God doesn't give us all of the answers. But I think it was healing for all of us to say like, here's what we see in the word. Here's what we can know and trust about God. And we, we don't know everything about God, and that's okay. God is huge. We're going to be getting to know him for the rest of our lives and all of eternity. Um, but yes, let's bring our questions. Let's dive into the word together and discover him together and not be freaked out by questions, whether we're kids or parents. And I think, too, it helps us see our church leaders for, like, the role that they really play um, because we don't have to feel like in order to grow in God or to disciple one another, um, that we have to be experts. Um, even our pastors are like growing in their faith that God is continuing to, none of us are, you know, have arrived. Have arrived. We're all works in progress. Um, but like our, our ministry leaders are there for us to come to them with the harder questions or as a resource to us to help us. Um, but uh, I think so often we think, oh, well, we can only engage in things of God when we're, like, at church. Um, but instead, just thinking, oh, we can talk about God, and we can t we can engage with God at home. And then whenever we hit this place where we're not sure what to do, like, we can go and, and talk to our pastors. Yeah. And the, the resources, there's more on this because we just we put a list of some different devotionals that we've enjoyed as a family, um, some kids' Bibles um, and storybook Bibles that have been really helpful to us at different age levels. Um, one Bible we really love uh, is by Lifeways, the Gospel Project. It's called the Big Picture Interactive Bible. Um, it's a Bible that uh, is in in a kid-friendly language, but still very accurate, and it makes Christ connections from beginning to end. And something that was very new to me as an adult believer is even being in the church my whole life, I didn't know until I was like 25 that the whole Bible is actually about Jesus. No one said that. I just had not heard that. And I didn't know to look for Jesus in the story of Abraham. And it's been so beautiful for me to see how the whole Bible is leading to not only Jesus' coming, but we're realizing that he was there in the beginning with God when everything was created. Um, and that Bible is just so great because it, it helps me as a parent, too, with all of these things that I don't even know connect to go, ooh, what's the Christ connection for today? How does this show us who Jesus is or who God is? So we love that one. Um, and then at the end... Um, you see The Read Aloud Family and Honey for a Child's Heart. Those are both uh, books by Christian writers, um, homeschool moms, but just great people that are talking about reading in general, but um, talk about the beauty of the written word. Um, they bring that into thinking about scripture and just how God has given us words to communicate beautiful and true things. Um, but just thinking about reading in general, the connections we make as a family when we sit down and read a book together. I mean, just think about snuggling 
cuddling up on the couch with your parents for story time, instantly you're like, oh, I like story time because it means we're like together and snuggling and mom and dad have put down their phones and we're connecting and books can take on a very positive connotation because of the way that we enjoy them together. And so then remembering, hey, the Bible is a book. It is a book we are meant to enjoy together. How can we make time in God's word relational and enjoyable? Um, That just really encouraged me when I thought about enjoying God's word together as not being a school-like thing, but a relational thing. Um, So I love those. And then there's a link for a scripture memory box in there. That's something we use. It's a, the website will give you all the steps on how to implement it. But if you want to memorize scripture as a family, we like to tack it on to our family worship time because it takes like 30 seconds. Um, It's just this great little index card box system where you can just add in a scripture a week. Maybe it's what your kids learned in Sunday school and you can just bring it home and stick it in the box. And every day you do, there's one of the week, even or odd day of the month, day of the week. And I can't remember the last one, something else, day of the month, day of the week and day of the month, there's four. And before you know it, you're just flying through four scriptures a day as a family. I didn't even know I could memorize scripture that quickly. Um, but it's, it's been really helpful for us. And I really love the point that they make after that kind of, you know, somewhere in this clip about how sometimes kids, you know, have some really tough questions and how we're all learning together. I know that I have personally been asked a lot of things by a lot of kids that honestly, there's times where I just flat out do not know the answer. And it can be really awkward when you're sitting there going, I really want to answer that question, but I just don't. No. And so I think they bring up an excellent point that it's not just about reading together, but it's about learning together because the truth is we all have room to grow in our understanding of the Lord. So I think that's a really useful pillar. Now, this last clip here is actually the last three pillars kind of all smooshed together. Now, this doesn't make these any less important, but they kind of all factor in together and they interweave a little bit more. So they kind of put all three of them together in this final clip. So let's check it out. Um, but these last three are just also just the relational dynamics in our home that we want to be intentional about. Um, we want to love each other well because we know that all throughout the Bible, Jesus tells us that the world will know us by how we love each other. Um, there's also this super connection between how we love God and how we love one another. Even Jesus, when he was asked, what's the most important commandment, didn't just say to love the Lord your God with all your heart, but also to love your neighbor um, as yourself. Jesus also, another thing that he shows us is that he takes it personally how we treat one another. So, for example, um, he was asked, or he said, hey, you clothed me here. You fed me. You did all of these wonderful things to me. And then the people he was talking to was like, when, when did we do these things? He was like, when you visited these people in prison, when you fed the widows. So Jesus takes it personally how we treat one another. And if that's true for people out there, which is what I tend to think about, oh, I've got to love all the world out here. It's even more true for the people right here, in, right in front of me. And oftentimes, sometimes those are the hardest people to love, you know, because you know, they're in my face every day. They see my weaknesses. We're 
having to put up with each other. We have irritations with each other. And so we just want to be really intentional about loving one another. We also live in a culture that makes us think that love is as easy as breathing. Um, when it's not, love is not as easy as breathing. Um, First Corinthians tells us what love is. Love is patient. I struggle to be patient. I don't know if you struggle to be patient if you've tried to, but it's hard. Love is kind. Sometimes it's hard to be kind. It's easy to be kind in certain situations, but not as easy in others. Um, so there's this whole list, and so we just want to be intentional because we believe that this is a part of our worship of God as a family, is not just learning about him and sitting down, and these are good things to be faithful to do this, but we, but we want... Um, what we learn about God to affect how we're relating to one another, and we want to be thoughtful and intentional about that. And I would that. say three quick things that we touched on in the last breakout, ways that we can do this. Number one um, is scheduling time to connect with one another, whether that's going on dates with one another, prioritizing our intimacy as a married couple um, for our kids, putting dates on the calendar to invest in them personally, um, making a point for that connection. Number two would be um, being just bringing God into the conversations of how we love one another. If your kids are getting well, along well and sharing, you can be like, man, Jesus tells you to do that. that I love how you're sharing what you have and being generous um, and just bringing God into the conversation of, hey, like this is you're loving one another well, and Jesus is so excited about that. We see that in the Bible and making that connection for um, them or being willing to apologize to one another in front of your kids or to your kids and bringing God into the conversation of, of how God tells us to be quick, um, like slow to speak um, and quick to listen and just kind of bringing God into the conversation of how you are striving to continually get better at loving one another and showing that it's okay that we're learning together. Um, and the last thing is um, the in the Bible, it says to outdo one another in showing honor. We do something at our home church called honor time. And it's just, it's the only competitive verse in the Bible. <laughs> and yet it's a competitive verse where everyone wins. Yes. Outdo one another in showing honor. And we love that. And part of loving one another well is is speaking encouragement to each other and building one another up in love as we hear in the Bible. And so um, our church has like a time for that when we get together in small groups and stuff. But we have been trying to implement that in our family. Maybe even having like one day a week where we're like, hey, let's do honor time on Fridays or whatever. And just kind of calling out ways that we've seen Jesus in one another through the week and when that becomes a thing maybe on Fridays it becomes a little bit more natural just to do it throughout the week and to love one another in that way yeah so our next pillar is my favorite it's having fun <laughs> because I love to have fun and I don't know if you have heard of Ted Tripp but he's awesome he's written lots of great books he uh, wisely said the things we do together provide context for our relationships and we know this intuitively, um, but I think, especially with our kids, um, but even with our, our spouses or anybody that we're discipling or in a relationship with, we if we're only like meeting together and like, we're going to learn about God and do this uh, sit down, learn about him thing, um, but then we're not building context for the relationship, it makes it weird. And it, it, it it's just... It's hard to receive from one another if there's no context. We know this naturally with our like romantic relationships. If I just went up to so somebody and I was like, I want to pursue you romantically. 
I think you're great, let us date. You know, that would be <laughs> weird. But what we do instead is we, we say, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat. Let's go enjoy some food together. Let's find a fun thing to do together. Let's find common interests. Let's, let's have experiences together. Um, because that context, um, uh, that the things we do together provide the context for our relationship, it, it becomes the material of our relationship, if that makes sense. And so we want to be intentional to have fun because I think we can accidentally slip away from not having fun. It's one of the reasons why in a lot of marriage things they say to continue to be intentional about dating. We want to keep having fun together, keep enjoying life together. We want that with our kids too. I want my kids to know, not only do I love you, but I really like you. Mm -hmm. And I like being around you. I like being with you. I like spending time with you. And there's a lot of thoughts on how to influence people. Um, but I, I want to have an influential voice in my kid's life. If you read Proverbs, you'll see that the father in Proverbs is trying to have an influential voice in his son's life while knowing that there's uh, these other influential voices wanting to speak into the son's life. And that really stirs my heart up, and, and I, I just go, man, I want to be able to speak to my kids and, and say, hey, here's this awesome thing about God. And as best as it's up to me, I want them to be able to receive that from me and not feel like that's disconnected from my relationship with them. Does that make sense? And I think showing them that I like them, that I want to have fun with them, that I'm not just interested in, you know, shoving scripture down their throat, but that I, I really care about them as people um, is really important. And I think if we've got one tip that's been helpful for us is that even though it feels counterintuitive, scheduling fun is helpful because you have to schedule date night, right? We all know that doesn't happen if it doesn't go on the calendar. And so scheduling family game night or family vacation or monthly date with one of your older kids, like it's so helpful and it creates some space for fun. And I, I feel the need to add one more thing about having fun because it's deeply spiritual to have fun. And, and we don't think about that as Christians as much. But if you even think about what we talked about at the beginning with singing, having fun is all about enjoyment. It's all about enjoying the things that God has given us, whether it's each other, our relationships. And God wants us to delight in, in him and in the things that he has given us. And so we want to have we want to have fun. We want to be intentional to enjoy the world with gratitude um, that's around us. And we want to invite our kids into that, too. We want to teach them, hey, it's not bad to enjoy your life, to have fun in your life. Um, these are wonderful, good things, and they're wonderful and good. They're elevated, actually, whenever we see that these things come from God and that when we respect and enjoy them within, you know, how God encourages us to do that. So... We want to be intentional, have fun. Last thing um, is that we want to serve together and be intentional about that um, in two ways. First, as a family, we want to figure out and think about how we as a family team can serve the world around us, whether that's our community, our neighbors, our church, um, because there's just, we kind of intuitively know there's something wrong if all we do is sit and learn about God, but that love never sends us out because God's love and God's character and knowing about him should send us out into the world around us. Um, and so as a family, we, we want that. We want to be thoughtful because, again, it's hard, and we have to be intentional about it to go, how can we, as a family, be thinking about how we could serve the people around us? How can the kids, how can we as 
a couple participate in this together, be on mission to be a blessing to the world around us. Um, so that's the first way. The second way is we want to be thoughtful about how we can serve one another within our family. You know, how can our son Judah serve? How can he serve his mom? That's a way as a dad I can help him and, and be intentional about helping him see. Here's some ways you can serve our family. Here's a role that you play in our family. Um, how can, how does mom and dad serve each other? Like just kind of helping let them into that and, and just together as a family being thoughtful of like we want to give our lives away to the world around us and to one another and having that be a way that we talk like even yesterday when we moved into our airbnb <laughs> we needed our oldest son judah to hold our baby for a minute so that we could get everything inside and it was just a really easy moment he was like i don't want to hold milo anymore and we were just like buddy can you, this is a way that you're serving mom and dad and helping us we're being a team like let's serve one another we're going to serve you guys by getting all of our things inside we need you to help serve our family by being with your brother and like that just being a part of kind of our lingo um, and always just bringing it back to how God served us. Jesus served us and we want to be like him in the ways we love one another. Okay, so I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to these clips and kind of getting to hear some new perspectives possibly on what family worship is and kind of some pillars that you can use to base your family worship at home around. I know for me personally, there's a lot of things that I'm going to be taking out of this. And even though right now I'm a single guy who doesn't have a family, there are things that I can start doing today through following these pillars that can help to set me up for success down the line when I do have a family and start having kids and want to start integrating, you know, family worship together you know, with my family. And so I know that these are going to be things that are useful for me. I know that Kim is doing some different things as well with Eden about doing family worship with them. I know that's very important to them to have that worship time together. And so I think these things are super useful. And I hope you guys have picked up a lot of knowledge today by listening to two really knowledgeable people about family worship talk about these things. And it, and I know in some of these clips, they listed off some resources as well. So if you guys want to go check out those resources, I think that would be an excellent, you know, idea too. But I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little bit different than normal. We are going to be kind of back on a normal swing starting on the next episode because we'll have Kim back in the studio with us. But I hope you guys are having an excellent week so far. And thank you for checking out the FBW Kids podcast. Please like and share from wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review. Help us to grow the show. Help us to make the show even better for you guys. But until next time, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And we'll talk to you again real soon. <laughs>